Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this ministry, Lord. Thank you for all the love in this room, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the love that you pour out to us, Lord. I pray that you pour it in right now, Lord, so that it can pour out of me. And I pray that everyone receives what you want them to receive from you, Lord. Please help me get out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. So public speaking has never been my favorite thing. I've pretty much only done it when forced to. <laughs> but I've been invited to do this now, so here I am. And, of course, I prayed about it because I certainly don't want to step out without the Lord, right? And he led me to Matthew 10:27, which says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. You know, so I spent a whole lot of time with the Lord and everything, and I always thought it was kind of like between me and him, right? <laughs> but according to this, it's not just for me. What he gives you is not just for you, but it's for the whole body of Christ. Right? Away we go. Since the end of August, all kinds of things have been happening, you know, awesome blessings from the Lord. He basically stirred up this church that I've been going to on Saturday, is Testament to his church. We heard a message that basically created a fire underneath everybody, and it was the moment I'd been waiting for. Because for the past almost three years, I've had this ministry in my heart. It was introduced to me through a pastor up in Milwaukee. He's had this ministry going for about five years now, and it's called Adopt a Neighborhood. What it consists of is a team of people go out to a specific neighborhood that they've adopted. They basically go around the neighborhood wearing vests, a lot like this. <laughs> ours says Faith Community Team, because that is our Kenosha ministry. What we do is we go into this neighborhood that we've adopted and we pick up trash. The first thing we do is pick up all the trash to beautify the neighborhood and help people out. And we're also bringing the presence of Christ into that neighborhood as we're doing it. The other thing that we do is two by two, basically. We go door to door. We knock on the door, knock, 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 faith team. And we come bearing gifts. And so far we've had informational materials about ministries that are available in Kenosha for people who need them. And we've also had food items donated to various sources, and uh, which God totally provided. But I'll get into all that in just a few minutes, the kind of provision that the Lord has provided. So in the midst of all this blessing, you know, I've been totally excited because once everybody was able to get up and go, God, I'm like, so we're going to do this, right? We're going to do this ministry, right? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, sounds good. What this meant for me was the manifestation of a calling that God had put on my heart over three years ago. Those three years were full of prayer, spending time with the Lord, seeking Him, and, uh, of course, doubt. <laughs> I'm like, God, is this really what you want me to do? You know, but He kept putting people into my life that stirred up the willingness to do this ministry, you know, including Alvia, which some of you know, and... Um, it was really a blessing when this got started. But what kind of came along with it was a whole lot of things that needed to get done. You know, all of a sudden I had to organize people, had to put out print materials, had to create a Facebook page, 
had to create flyers, you know, all kinds of stuff. Although I was really blessed to be doing all these things. I mean, I'm totally excited. I'm really rolling in the fact that we're finally doing this. Seeing feet on the ground was huge to me. Just absolutely huge. And what a blessing. But I came to the point where I'm like, okay, God, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm loving every second of this. I love the plans that you have for me. And there is so much on my heart that I want to do for Christ. But Lord, how am I going to do this and still make time for you? You know that I love you. I want to know you and everything about you. So when am I going to seek you, Lord? Because I was used to spending a whole lot of time with him, just one-on-one. And now I'm like out there, right? So in that silence, the Lord said to me, you will find me in the doing. And I was like, okay. (laughs) You will find me in the doing. And when he says something to me, like that, unexpectedly, I start keeping my eyes open because unfailingly, he starts showing me things in other parts of my life that basically reinforce, validate, and confirm what he said to me in that stillness in my spirit. So I knew he said this to comfort me and to let me know there was even more to him, a more complete picture of him that I would only know through serving. And this meant stepping out of my comfort zone. One of the first things that happens when God asks you to do something that is outside of your comfort zone, your dependency on the Holy Spirit really becomes big (laughs) and obvious. Like, you want me to do what? (laughs) Okay. You become fixed on Jesus. He reminded me of Scripture. The first chapter of Joshua. Joshua 1. He's calling Joshua to lead the Israelites after Moses' death. And the Lord said to Joshua, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to you, your forefathers, to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And even as I was worshiping today, Jesus gave me this picture of him standing up here. And he reminded me that I go before you. (laughs) That's always great, right? Jesus, you first. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for that. And he really, really pounds it home here, doesn't he? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. And after meditating on that, the Lord reminded me that even Jesus himself was aware of his own dependency on the Lord, the Lord our Father. In John 5.19, Scripture says, Jesus gave them this answer, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. As I was looking around for God in the doing, keeping my eyes open, 
trying to stay in his presence as much as possible, like I'm rushing around doing stuff while working full time. I noticed that we find him in the grace, in his grace. We find God in the grace that he provides to us while we're out there stretching ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So even in a weakness, like if you're talking in front of people, his grace is here. So in his grace, God tends to grease the skids as he goes before us. God provided... In this ministry, it was like I was waiting and waiting and waiting for these couple of years, and then all of a sudden, it was like insta-ministry. All of a sudden, everything had to get done at once. You want to strike while the coals are hot. <laughs> so I knew I had to get Pastor Richard down to the church as soon as possible to speak to everyone. And so he was there the following weekend. His assistant director came the next weekend to give us kind of a PowerPoint training on how to actually do the ministering and stuff, and all of that was super helpful. And then Pastor Richard even came on our block with us to help make sure everybody was knowing what to do and stuff like that. The Lord provided a plan for this ministry. He provided mentors and consultants that I still tap into, of course, because we need each other as the body of Christ. I realized that ministering for the Lord does not have to be complicated. The Lord said, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. That was Matthew 10.22. So a simple thing like a cup of cold water, the Lord gives you a reward for that. A simple thing like picking up trash in a neighborhood has a reward attached to it. As I said, God provided mentors and consultants and tons of emotional support and workers. In Deuteronomy 3.15, the Lord says, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Soon after we got started, I didn't know where our provisions were going to come from. What are we going to show up on people's doorsteps, you know, to give them? Like I said, the first time we did that, we had informational materials where they could tap into resources that were around. And when I was collecting the informational materials, I ran into people unexpectedly, divine appointments, if you will. For instance, I went over to Pastor Harris's ministry, the Frank Neighborhood Project, to get information that we could pass out on all the food and the program that they would provide to people in our neighborhood. And while I was talking to him, I met another woman whose ministry is free cell phone service. And she just happened to have a whole box of cards in her car that she gave me, so those went into the bags. Energy assistance programs from uh, We Energies went into the bags as well. The following time that we were going to go out, and we go every other Saturday at 11 a.m., I got a call from my buddy, Pastor Anthony, who happens to work at the popcorn factory, and he said that, he basically said this, you are blessed more than you know. And I said, really? <laughs> And he said, we have an unusually large amount of food items that are close to expiration, and they have to get donated as soon as possible. 
So I'm like, okay. And uh, I don't want to make a short story long, but God also provided a huge box van to load a couple skids of food items into that made, you know, like four trips, one. <laughs> so praise God. We loaded, we transported it all into my garage, and uh, it was all ready to get bagged up and uh, to the neighborhood. So we find God and his provision in the people that he puts around us and also in the people that we serve. Maybe we don't usually think about that very much, about Christ being in the people that we serve, but he did say, Whatever you do to the least of these, you belong to me. I started, I thought about that, and the Lord brought to mind this email that I wrote to Pastor Machia quite some time ago, and it just totally fit into the seeing Christ and the people that we serve and the people around us. So I'm just going to read this to you. I said, seeing who we are in ourselves in Christ is the first step. Next, we have to see each other for who each other is in Christ, too. After I started feeling secure in my identity in Christ, the Lord asked me, but do you see me in him? <laughs> he basically directed my eyes to someone that was quite a few pews ahead of me in some other church and that I confess I wasn't too keen about privately. I mean, it was not a shining moment for me in front of the Lord. When he asked me that question, do you see me in him, it really penetrated my heart. Like Paul said, I needed to stop seeing people with my natural eyes and start seeing everyone in the Spirit. In spite of what my eyes were seeing, I began to see that Jesus was in this person. And Jesus was doing a good work in this man until he is made perfect. This man is a man that has things to overcome in his thought life, just like me. Hurts, scars, insecurities, false thinking is manifested differently in different people. When my natural self gets offended, I need to realize that we all have wrong thinking about something. When offended, I'm simply subject to the same hurt that is victimizing this person on the inside. I'm collateral damage of a war that is waging inside this man. When we recognize a weak area in someone else, we can thank God if we're strong in it, and we can help the other person and pray for him to overcome, and even gently, lovingly, reach out to help him see, not reacting to the offense, but acting on the love that God has for this man. We can rise above our perceived injuries to see the torture that the alleged injurer is actually going through. This man is a son of my own father, who loves him dearly, and he is precious to him. This man is battling an enemy who is lying to him. This man is a brother to Jesus, and Jesus is in him. Further, I started to see Jesus in the eyes of the other people around me, and I realized what I do to this man, what I think about this man, I do to Jesus, because this man is one flesh with Jesus. This became tangible to me. People act out in perverse ways due to perverse thinking that is in agreement with the enemy. We really need to help people overcome the world through knowing. They need to experience God through us and see that we already have a much better agreement already in place, that there is a better way, the way, 
we can help each other see better by behaving in a way worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace. We need to know who is sitting in the pew next to us, who is across the room from us, who is in that other church. It's as if each one of those people is Jesus, because every saint is the dwelling place of God. They are hurting and misunderstanding the truth in some area, just like me. We can acknowledge Christ in each other, help each other to come into agreement with Christ, comfort each other, so Christ can flow through them freely from the place he lives inside of them. When a pastor walked up to me the other day and said to me, I love you, I almost said, Jesus, (laughs) out loud. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Because I knew factually that that was Jesus talking to me from within him. And I wanted to acknowledge him, Jesus. Jesus says, I love you to me all the time and in tons of ways, including just saying it as plainly in my spirit as I heard from this pastor. And my eyes have learned to hear it. No, they haven't. (laughs) My ears have, though. (laughs) My ears have learned to hear it, and I've learned to accept it. I really want others to know the oneness they have with Jesus. Another time I almost called a man Jesus when I handed him a bag of free bread in the ministry in Milwaukee. His eyes told me that his natural self was totally spent, and there was nothing looking back at me except his worn-out soul and my Jesus I wish I could have shown him who he was in Christ right at that time and that Christ was in him as he is in all and through all. My hope is that he saw Jesus looking back at him through my eyes as well. So back to that man from the other church. I prayed earnestly and compassionately for that man in my prayer closet and he finally did make eye contact with me recently, smiling big because Jesus was smiling big inside of him and could now flow freely to those around him. He is getting a new knowledge of himself and of God so that this love can abound to others. And it is so beautiful. God used this man to correct me, and I'm so thankful. Sorry for being so lengthy, but I really wanted the body to know and to recognize each other, how God knows all of us as his son. And we do see Jesus in the people that we serve. As I said, Jesus is in all and through all. Matthew 25, 14, So the king will reply, I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So back to the neighborhood. You know, we're walking around, we're picking up trash, stuffing it into bags as we go, and we run into people along the way. And uh, there was a guy out on the street. His name was Anthony, and my daughter, Faith, ran into him, and Anthony said that he was pretty discouraged about the neighborhood. He said there used to be a greater sense of community, that people used to do more and talk more and know each other better. Of course, he asked Faithy what we're doing there, (laughs) showing up in these orange vests every other Saturday. She basically said, we're there to show Christ's love through service. He asked Faith and Mark to pray with them with tears in his eyes. And after they were done praying, he held up that bag that he was given. And he said, this really means a lot. And Faith said she didn't know if it was what was going on in his life or about if it was about the neighborhood or the simple fact of us being there. 
But when they locked eyes, Faith could see that what we were doing reached in and touched his spirit. There was a great reward and a sincere gratitude in people's eyes when you do something kind. A couple weeks ago when we were out, a guy got out of his car. He said, thank you so much for picking up the trash. There is trash blowing all over this neighborhood all the time. Actually, yesterday we were thanked again <laughs> for the very same thing. And this time this guy, he started asking, so what church do you guys go to? You know, he's like, yeah, I've seen you around here now. And you could, you know, you could feel ice starting to break and starting to melt. And uh, we talked to him for a little bit, prayed with him, and he said, yeah, I'll have to check it out sometime. What people really are craving is something real. People hear a lot of things and been disillusioned by a lot of people talking about Christ and talking about love. But when you lead with actions, it's in the pudding. Um, oh, this little girl in fuzzy PJ pants. <laughs> she received a bag from Jane Lee, my friend Jane Lee and my daughter Faith. And before they even had a chance to bless her, she blessed them. She said, thank you, and God bless you. I don't know how precious that was. That just melted their hearts. So we're out there serving, looking a little crazy to some people, too. Matthew 7.16 says, You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? There's no getting around the fact that Jesus calls us to be servants and bear fruit. And when people see the fruit, they start to recognize Jesus. Mark 10.43-45 says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I'm out there, and I'm so blessed because I'm seeing the people that, that have, I hesitate to say, have come alongside me, because it's all Jesus. But there they are, alongside me. <laughs> and I'm seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ, acting as Christ, Christ. John 13, 14-17 Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And for me, in action, this means going into a neighborhood where I know absolutely no one and picking up their trash. To me, that is like washing their feet. In the Bible, there are endless examples of Jesus going out and doing. He would definitely go into the secret places, desolate places to be alone with the Father, and then he would come back out to the people. He would go out and send his disciples out. The people he counted as family. Another way that we see God in the being is actually in ourselves. When we see ourselves doing new things, our perceptions of ourselves changes. 1 John 4.12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him, and he in us. He has given us of his spirit, 
In Luke 22, 27, but I am among you as one who serves. John 4, 34-35 says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I'll tell you the truth, when you go into a stranger's neighborhood, you're like, okay, here we go. We're going to start knocking on their doors. We're kind of invading their space. And how are people going to react? And stuff. But like Pastor Mark said, we're not really about pleasing people, are we? We're about doing what God has put on our hearts to do and speaking the word that God has put into our mouth. John 12:26 says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. And in Acts 17.28, For in him we live and move and have our being. By doing Christ's work, we learn more about Christ, and we see more of Christ in ourselves. The Lord made me think about Peter when uh, Peter jumped out of the boat. <laughs> he saw the Lord walking on water, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, you know, call me out to you. And the Lord said, Come. <laughs> Of course, like Peter does, he jumped. <laughs> and he jumped out on the water, and he started walking on water. So who was like the only person on earth that knew what it was like to walk on water? But the guy who jumped out of the boat when Jesus told him to come. Mark 1.17 says what Jesus said to his disciples. Come follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. For quite a while there, I was coming to church and everything, and it was like I was coming to church and catching a lot of fish and eating a lot of fish <laughs> and everything. And I felt good and full and stuff. And I would go back to my comfy house and get with the Lord on my own and everything. But the Lord said, come and I'll make you become fishers of men. So this is taking that next step. And uh, we're now casting out nets into the neighborhood. And it's pretty wild. And it's so cool to see how God is moving how he's prepared their hearts actually to receive us. You know, I thought I didn't know how people are going to react to us, but I am so surprised how receptive they have been. You're like, wow, you're really doing this. <laughs> you know, up in Milwaukee, they've been doing it for about five years, so there's a great bond of trust created up there already. And they expect people to show up, this group to show up every single Saturday. And they do, and, um, you know, kids run out get their bags of bread and stuff and bring them into their family and everything. And man, some of the women that I've connected with up there, you know, the simplest thing, you just never know what is going on in their life or how God is talking to them before you show up. God has already shown up. There was a woman up there, she's a grandma. We kind of developed a relationship and she asked me one day, we prayed over a neighbor, pastor anointed her neighbor with oil and when the pastor walked away she looked at me and she's like oh, I really like some of the oil you know so I could anoint my grandkids when they're sleeping over and stuff and I thought oh okay you're the pastor we can get some <laughs> you know the clock was ticking so I was going to be out there again and I was like uh oh I need to get that oil because I said that I would so my first thing was to go to Amazon because <laughs> I can get things from Amazon in a hurry and who knows maybe they sell anointing oil <laughs> and guess what who knew they do <laughs> so the next time I'm out there two weeks later I show up with this 
tiny little inexpensive bottle of anointing oil that was prayed over by a member of the royal priesthood, me. <laughs> and um, when I handed it to her, this little thing, her eyes started welling up and she started tearing up. It was like, wow, somebody said they were going to do something for me and they actually did it. So this person who was used to taking care of all of her family, everybody else, her grandkids and her kids and everything, somebody actually did something for her. And um, then she went, she went on and she opened up what was going on uh, with her family. And as it turned out, you just never know. Um, one of her grandsons, uh, his father, had been murdered that week. Um, he was shot and they found him with a couple blocks over. So the family was pretty panicked. And for her, just to receive a simple act of kindness, she just broke down to like she had no idea how much it means to me and other people in this neighborhood that you guys show up, that you know that every Saturday somebody is going to show up for her. And, um, and other people in the neighborhood, even up here in Kenosha, and we've only been doing this for a couple months now, um, the lady yesterday said, no, my daughter really wants to help out. <laughs> so, she gave me a call. My contact information is in the bag. And her mother, before that, actually called me up with huge donation bags, full of clothes, which were, you know, in the springtime they have a big giveaway and stuff. So, it's really cool what God is doing, and He does it person by person. And you know that every person sends out a ripple of respect to the people around them. And that's how the body of Christ becomes unified. So, yep, we not only find God in, in that secret place where we love to be with Him, but we find it out there in His grace. Because we find out when you show up, he shows up in abundance. <laughs> you find him in the people that you serve. You find Christ in the people who are serving alongside you and who support you. And you see Jesus in yourself as you become increasingly transformed into the likeness of him. I just encourage everybody to get there in you and to look for God everywhere. Because he is everywhere. He, he will show up even before you do.